Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And here we are for episode 275. Yeah, we've been waiting for this episode for the last 274 episodes. So this is going to be a really good one. It is. It is going to be a good one. Now, it's going to be a challenging one because I thought, it. you know, we always want to keep it real. And I honestly believe 22 year 2022 will be the year that will test who the real resellers are. And I, I don't know anybody else that's talking about this, but so what you're saying is, will the real resellers please stand up? <laughs> I don't know if I'm saying that, <laughs> but maybe we should have a little B in the back, but then we would get a copyright strike. So I, there, there's a lot of reasons I say this. I, I think right now we're at a place where reselling is seen as kind of like how the stock market and crypto was seen a few months ago, right? Last year, right? You know, right after that thing happened and everything dipped, it was easy to make money, right? You just found the stock that was, you know, destroyed. You found the crypto. Remember when Bitcoin was like at 5,000 at one point and, you know, Southwest Airlines was like $12 and you put money in, in those you were going to be making a lot of money. I made a lot of money on the stock market. I made a lot of money in crypto. I've also lost a lot. But during that period of time, it was easy, right? Everybody could be a crypto influencer. Everybody could be a stock influencer. And I would make the argument that at that time, anyone could have been a reselling influencer. And the reason I say that is that reselling was so easy in 2020, right? We we reached that point in, in 2020 in the beginning where, you know, right when everything hit, I remember we've talked about this before. We, we even had, if you listen to our episodes, right? When, you know, we're going into everything not being open anymore and so on, where we were like, oh, we don't know what's going to happen. Like, are we going to make it through? And then within months, you hear the tone of our podcast change and going like, wow, these are like the best months ever in reselling. Yeah, I think when you look back at it, it's it was crazy because it's that Black Swan event. Nobody knows what to expect. And I think to be fair, there probably were a large number of resellers that the way they did reselling or the niches they were in did get destroyed. I'm sure it wasn't oh, yeah, everybody sure did, I agree with did that. perfect, yeah. but but I think you know the vast majority of people be, because of the switch to, I mean, people already do a lot of online shopping, but the switch to just even more online shopping, people not wanting to leave their homes. Now there were challenges, but people, if you were able to adapt, you were willing to adapt, you were you were definitely able to make a lot of money. Um, so what I'm hearing you saying though is you think going forward 2022 uh, that might not be the case. You don't think for I don't. reselling? And I'm not. This isn't a you know a doomsday episode, but I, I think on, on a lot of reasons. And I think this Q4 demonstrated a lot of that. Like 2020 was my best reselling year. Period. Now, could 2021 have been better? It's it's possible, but it took a lot more effort to make as much money in 2021 as I made in 2020, right? 2020, you have to remember a lot of people didn't want to source, right? Do you remember like having to leave stuff on the porch for like 24 hours or like, you, you know, you stuff at the thrift store, like thrift stores were not processing items. And so, you know, and there were, there were so much out there. Right. And so the people that were willing to go out there, right. The people that wanted to do retail arbitrage, the people that were willing to take that risk. Cause even myself, I honestly believe in March of 2020 through June of 2020, I probably lost out on the opportunity to make like $100,000 because I myself, you know, I had kids and I didn't know. And I was one of those high risk individuals. And so I kind of was like, eh, I'm not going to go out. But a lot of people did and they made a killing. They didn't make a killing selling those things that people were saying there was price gouging. They just made a killing on 
sourcing toys, uh, sourcing, you know, just regular stuff at the thrift. I remember one of my best months was already like in May and June and it just kept getting better and better and better. And so I found that at that time, you know, 2020 and 2021 was, was kind of easy to source. Yeah. I would say 2020 was harder to source in some ways. Cause you had to, like you said, there were most stores were closed. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't even, or if you did, you were going to stores, there was like lines to get in. Uh, but into 2021, for the most part, and we're in California, so we're in a pretty shut down part of the country even still. Uh, but most of the country, 2021, things are are basically open and running at normal capacity. I mean, there might be some restrictions and maybe you've got masks where you're at or maybe they have limited capacity or social distancing or whatever the situation is. But uh, 2021 was definitely easier to get back out to sourcing. Uh, people were starting doing garage sales again because garage sales were kind of cut off for a good portion in 2020. And there was so much opportunity in garage sales. Yeah. So 2021, I guess I would say it was, was easy. 2020, I, I don't know if I would call it easy to source. I think you kind of had to change. I mean, we talked a lot about doing eBay arbitrage and doing local pickups and those types of things. Well, what I meant the easy to source was once we got to Q4, like the arbitrage side, right. there wasn't a lot of resellers going out there. Right. So I could go, I literally could go to a store I don't know, two weeks after a hot item, like hit the shelves and it still would be there, you know, where this last 2021, once it was gone, it was gone. Like you weren't seeing it anymore. Yeah. And I think, you know, that, that also kind of goes into the sourcing was a little bit easier in some ways, 2020 and 2021, you know, tougher because people are starting to get back out there. But, uh, the other thing was demand. And so demand was really high 2020 and 2021, uh, for items that were either used on eBay because people were wanting to get items or um, things that they would go to Target or Walmart and they just didn't want to leave their home. So if you were selling on Amazon, you were able to get items in there. Uh, you were doing really well. If you're selling new anything on eBay, you were probably doing well uh, because people kind of just did the natural shift. I mean, even today, I mean, we we do occasionally some like Target where they come out to your car and you, mm-hmm. know, you just order online. All they, the time. And it's amazing because, I mean, I see people who they're getting like they come out with carts full of stuff and we're talking you know filling up entire trunks like they're not just getting one or two items yeah. so people are full on sharp they're doing shopping. their full like family shopping they yeah. just do it online they just show up yeah. and fill up the cart so people are already kind of changing the way they shop so people are still going to go into brick and mortar but i mean i've gone to the mall so i don't go to the mall very often pretty much the only time i ever go to the mall so is if we're watching a movie or if um, my wife has her wedding ring that i got her um, we have a like a warranty on it. It's a lifetime warranty, but we have to go in every six months to get the ring inspected. So we got to go in June. We got to go in December. So it's pretty much the only time we're ever in the mall. And it used to be when I'd go into a mall, even you know the last several years, even though it's been kind of dead, I'd still run into students. There's lots of people. All the stores are open. Mm-hmm. Now you walk into a mall and half the stores are closed, like permanently closed. Very few people are walking around in there. And so brick and mortar, things like Target, Walmart, there, there's always going to be a demand but the total amount of just people going out and shopping and window shopping has shifted more and more online. And that was already the trajectory. I just think 2020, 2021 has just expedited that. It's increased the speed at which people are moving to buying online or doing where they order online. And then it's just like they come out to your car exponentially because, you know, people, because it's so easy. And, you know, maybe there's a bad part of that. I mean, that you do lose something, not that you do a lot of like socializing out when you're at like Target and Walmart, but there was something to be said about high schoolers going and hanging out at a mall. Oh, you know? yeah. I and now I it's all digital. All the time. Like you missed out. Like, I, I, I mean, 
most of the time I got in trouble when I was hanging out at the mall. But I mean, I'll never forget, you know, going to the mall, spending all day. I mean, there's even movies in the 80s about hanging out at the mall. I mean, it was a it was a different time. But yeah, the demand, there was so much demand, right? And and people people got used to it. I mean, I I even think of myself, I do not like walking into big box stores anymore. I will do the drive up option, right? Unless I'm doing retail arbitrage and you know, some some stores have gone to they don't show up the items in stock. But you know, things changed, right? And so everybody was going online in 2020 and it it, it bled over into 2021. And so it definitely was a lot easier to sell stuff because people were looking for even basic items, right? Even, even you know, thrifted secondary stuff like was a lot easier. Shoes were a lot easier to sell because everybody was looking for a discount because, you know, there were supply chain issues and so on. And so you filled in the gaps. That's what we do as resellers, right? And so it was easy. Now, the other thing before I get to why the other thing uh, made it so easy in 2021, uh, it's kind of related. So those of you have been supporting us on buymeacoffee.com uh, slash pure hustle, we are no longer uh, doing buymeacoffee.com anymore. Yeah. So we're, we're kind of on a pause on that uh, for a moment. So we want to say again, thank you to all of you who've been doing it. The problem was they changed. We mentioned it on our last live, uh, but they kind of switched over the way they do their payments. I think they got rid of PayPal and they're changing it over to Stripe. And what ended up happening is if you were signed up for buy me a coffee, you were like automatically disenrolled from Pure Hustle Podcast. We lost everyone. Yeah, you have to go back in and automatically sign or uh, manually sign back in and, and sign up as a as a supporter. So we had a lot of people on like the monthly you know subscription. They were paying us monthly. So uh, as always, all of our content is free. All of our content, we don't put anything behind a paywall. We just have many of you who are willing to support us and say, hey, we want to keep Pure Hustle Podcast going. You know, here's five dollars a month, kind of keep you keep you the lights on and give you a coffee. Well. Right now, we're trying to figure out an alternative. Do we want to stick with uh, buy me a coffee and, and just basically ask for people to sign back in? Or we're kind of looking at potentially doing Patreon. And again, not in the sense of, hey, join our Patreon and you'll get the real episode. Like here, let me or give you a you'll teaser. you'll catch 20 minutes and then you can catch the rest. The rest on Patreon. Yeah. So it's still not going to be a paywall, but we want to you know, have a place where people who want to support us, they want to pay and help us out, uh, can do that. And then if you know we do, just like we did with the buy me a coffee, those of you who support us monthly... Um, occasionally we do like, you know, virtual meetups where it's like, Hey, let's hang out for 15 minutes, 30 minutes. And you know, uh, if you have questions and it's less like Orlando and I are not like giving out like new content, 90% of the time, it's just people hanging out talking, talking about reselling. So that's just a way for we us learn to learn a lot know, from each other. Yeah, it's a great time to get to know our supporters. So again, none of our content is behind a paywall, uh, but stay tuned. We might have some Patreon stuff, but in the meantime, if you want to support us, uh, in the link below, if you want to say like, hey, I, I'm a buy me a coffee supporter and, and, you know, I wish I can keep going on that. We'll let you know when, when Patreon is up, but uh, our PayPal link is below. So if you want to drop us a, uh, a little thank you in there, you're more than welcome to do that. And uh, uh, we'll we'll keep you all updated when all of our coffee members become our, our Patreons. Yeah. I mean, it, any support right now would be great. Again, we'll continue with the podcast. But yeah, we did, we kind of had we entered 2022 for free. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> literally for free. It's like, oh, outside of some of our affiliates, like uh, our awesome uh, sponsors, like American Bubble Boy and Skull Shaver, uh, free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's a big so hit. We appreciate your support. So check out the PayPal link below. Thank you. All right. So along with that, why do I think 2021 was easy? There was so much cash. Yeah. Stimulus uh, was big. Child tax credit was big. Um, even even people selling their homes, the housing market, people selling their homes for exorbitant prices. And then 
you know, a lot of money, you know, free that they can do stuff with. So there was a lot of disposable cash. And again, we are and in very, California. There was an extra stimulus in yeah, California. There was another which stimulus, is, which is like wow. an extra $600 per person. So there's the reality is we know that many people suffered during 2020, 2021, maybe in their family, maybe in health, maybe financially. So we're not trying to say that like across the board, everybody just did great. But for as many people have suffered, many people, they kept their jobs. They were able to work from homes. So they saved on gas. They saved on a lot of you know expenses as far as that went, eating out and all of that. And they were getting stimulus. The stimulus wasn't just for people who had lost their jobs. Uh, and, and again, those who did, there was extra even for uh, unemployment mm-hmm. was, was much higher. But the stimulus really, really helped a lot of people have disposable income, which was kind of the idea. I mean, some people, they needed it to pay bills. That's a great thing that it went to that. But the idea was, hey, if people have money, they're going to spend money. And the more money people are spending, you know, stocks are going to go up. People are going to be buying things at Target. Target's bottom line will go up, which is going to look good and Home Depot and all these things. But then once that dries up now and student loan payments, is another big one. They, mm-hmm. they've Again, they've extended a little bit further. But like, for instance, my wife and I, we have like almost an $800 or $900 a month student loan payment. And it's been on deferment, interest-free for the last, you know, however long, over a year. So all of a sudden when that comes back and people who haven't had to pay student loans, they've had disposable income. So 2022 is definitely going to be a lot harder. The people who've been able to use all of that as, as discretionary income, now it's not there. Yeah. And, and you see it already right now, you know, and not trying to get too much into economics, but, you know, the Fed has decided to not print as much money anymore. Right. They're, they're in, in interest rates are going up. This thing called tapering is taking place. And so what that means is that uh, stocks and crypto have taken a hit. I mean, even right now, as we talk, I don't know, Bitcoin's probably like at 30 something thousand. OK, so from 69K, even a few months ago. Right. And, and part of the reason is is that not that much liquidity is in the economy from cash that is being printed by the government and also being given to its citizens. Yeah, so and, definitely and, things are changing. And if you're not, and, and and obviously the more you learn about economics, the better, because you're going to have better understanding of what's going on. But just one key principle to understand. Um, so you might hear the Fed's doing this and that just one key principle that'll help you understand some things. And, and many of you probably already know this, but when interest rates are low, people spend more, people save less because it's, cheaper to borrow. So people, companies, all those things will borrow money and spend money. When interest rates start to climb, as interest rates climb, people borrow less, which means people spend less and people save more because now bank accounts, things like that actually have higher return. Uh, Bonds will have a higher return on investment potentially than you would be able to buy and kind of, um, you know, try and capitalize on money that you can borrow now and spend on other things that might be more profitable. So as interest rates climb, people across the country are going to spend less because it's they're not going to borrow as much because when it's easy to borrow, they're buying cars, they're buying houses, they're buying, you know, they, they, it's easier to get money to do things as interest rates are lower. As interest rates climb, just be prepared for people to spend less in day-to-day stuff. Now, that doesn't mean that they'll spend less reselling. There's still, we'll talk about that. There's still great opportunity with reselling. It's just going to be different. It's not going to be like before. I mean, I don't expect there to be uh, the outrageous, you know, and maybe I'm wrong. We could be wrong. I mean, I, I, for example, all last year, I thought like, you know, the NFT market, there has to be a bubble and it's still like 
outrageous. Right. But I think there's going to be a time where people are going to be shifting in, in their in their habits. But we'll talk about that later on here in this podcast. Now, what's going to change? What's going to change? Let's talk about some of those. First of all, this is a given. There's going to be far more competition. And the reason I say this, and we all know this, is that in 2020, going into 2021, right, a lot of people didn't go back. Right. All the employment returns. Uh, you know, the reports from the last year or so, right? People just didn't go back to their jobs. Why didn't they go back to their jobs? Well, they figured out other ways to make money, right? Whether it went from, as, you know, stay at home business, day trading, I don't know, crypto. Recently, is, I, I, I feel it was something that a lot of people got into, right? Because, you know, we had a lot of time. We had a lot of time to watch YouTube. We had a lot of time to listen to podcasts. Right. We, we were a lot of people were able to pick up different niches. They were able to figure out how to make money in different ways. And I think reselling was one of them that for a lot of people, they figured out, wait a second, I could even though minimum wage, it keeps going up. I could still make more money than minimum wage by reselling. Right. And I've talked to I've talked, for example, right now, you know, today I I do teach once a week and I teach, uh, you know, a bunch of high schoolers and smart, smart kids. And I would say probably a quarter of them since I've known them for like three years. So I had them, you know, as, as freshmen, sophomores, now they're almost seniors. They're doing some kind of reselling, whether it be magic, the gathering cards, whether it be sneakers, whether it be even NFTs, like during this time that they were stuck at home and they had to do zoom stuff. And, and, you know, they had a lot of time on their hands because they had to socially distance and so on over the last two years they picked up a lot of knowledge. And so there's a wide range of different resellers. And, and even in the older populations, I just think there's there's a lot more competition than we've ever seen before. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely true. And it's kind of interesting to see. I think you're right with the trendiness. I don't think that the garage sale reselling, uh, kind of like we do, has had as much of an increase as maybe other areas of reselling, things like Amazon, NFTs, Pokemon cards, that kind of stuff. But you're right. The if you consider like when I was a kid, the hobbies were playing the games and yeah. and, uh, you know, maybe, you know, certain things like that scooters, Razor scooters came out and that was pretty popular. So like that was like the hobbies. But if you're a, a, a high schooler now and you're looking up stuff and you're following, I don't know, Logan Paul or I don't know, whoever those guys are that people watch and listen to Here's a podcast. Yeah. Well, but if you're watching different YouTubers and you're seeing people selling basketball cards and Pokemon cards and People are getting into it for that aspect of it. You know, when you hear kids talking about NFTs and talking about even if that market itself is a bubble, what it's doing is it's shaping a generation to think about buying and selling, flipping and trading. And that's a good skill to have, but that's going to naturally lead to more and more people saying, well, my mom's got this thing in the house. Maybe we could sell it on eBay or, mm-hmm. you know, this, that and the other things. Or Depop or Mercari. I mean, all the platforms now mm-hmm. that, that are available. All right, before we move on to the next one, I wanted to talk about one of our sponsors who definitely is continuing to provide quality products, AmericanBubbleBoy.com. Uh, yeah. They've been good to us. They actually had some coffee. I don't know if they're selling coffee on their side. I need to check again. But Oh, man. Uh, they, they Everybody's have, getting in the coffee market. They are. They we, are. I think it's just the thing. Let us know below if we should have a, a Purosol <laughs> Podcast coffee. and uh, Purosol Podcast Premium. Yeah. What, 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 uh, what type of blend should it be? Like a nice, a nice medium roast? 
you know, <laughs> let us know. We could do some sourcing. All right. Anyways, AmericanBubbleBuy.com, uh, one of our awesome sponsors. Uh, if you ever need some bubble wrap, a lot of you ordered towards the end of the year. Always appreciate that support. So just go to AmericanBubbleBuy.com uh, in the link below. Uh, our promo code is Pure Hustle Podcast. And if you're a first time buyer, definitely it'll get you a discount and it helps us out, helps you out uh, through the affiliate link. So again, AmericanBubbleBuy.com fast shipping and again there's ever any issues we're not like the customer service people for americanbubble.com but you know sometimes you guys hit us up and we contact them and they resolve it so you know we we strongly believe in joel and that company they do a great job so again americanbubble.com go to the link below and i uh, get some bubble wrap yeah so all right now well, what are your thoughts on this mike do you think that that there's a lot more knowledge and programs out there on how to resell than yeah. before. And that kind of goes with what I was talking about. I okay. think I think if you're one of the more common search things in the last couple of years is how to make money from home. And a lot of like I mentioned, a lot of YouTubers and things that people are following and listening to naturally leads like sneakers. It's a big one that the things that people are into as they get down that rabbit hole, the idea of reselling and flipping kind of comes naturally. Or if you're typing in how to make money at home, you're going to find a million scam things. And then occasionally you're going to find some real things. And so people are going to be seeing things like how to sell on Amazon, how to sell on eBay, how to make money from selling your stuff you have around your house. Or like even services. Think about like all the services that have gotten more popular, like dog walking apps and Uber and, and renting your car out to people kind of like a, you know, an Airbnb. And yeah. all of those things have increased because people are trying to find ways of making more revenue. And so I think the knowledge has definitely gone up because like any good entrepreneur, what you're doing is you're trying to find a, a need. And if a lot of people are trying to figure out how to make money from home, a lot of people are going to be producing programs. They're going to be creating YouTube channels and podcasts and things that are, here's how to do that. Here's how to make the money from home. And so the more of them that's out there and a lot of them, I mean, they're marketers. That's what they are. I mean, if you, you kind of follow some of these people, sometimes it's an individual, sometimes it's a company all over the place. And what they're doing is they're just jumping from fad to fad to fad, right. but they're marketers and they know how to market themselves. They know how to do, I mean, Orlando and I have never done like a paid advertisement. Like we need to at some point make like a YouTube where we advertise it or a Facebook, you know, we've done them on Instagram, but we haven't done one of those like full length. Yeah. Like here's an advertisement or, yeah. you know, here let's, let's, you know, promote this ad or whatever. We haven't really done that very much. Cause we we're more interested in, we've got some content. If people enjoy it, they'll share it. Pretty much everything has been yeah. word of mouth with us. But we probably would be further along if we were if, if our main goal wasn't trying to help the community, but it was just like, let's build our brand as big as we can Man, get if it. If we were crypto influencers, like if I just said, if you take a look at the Fibonacci sequence, right? And then and you watch go, the candlestick. Watch and, the candlestick. And this looks like a engulfing wick or whatever. I mean, you could I've I've watched so much. Like we could have gotten away with just using the words and sold the coin. Yep. We, we'd be doing really well, really yeah. well right now. But but I mean, going back to the point though, there's definitely more knowledge. People, it's easier to find it. And again, people got to wade through it. So even if even if people are wading through hours and hours of scams, the idea is stuck in their head that they can make money doing it. And eventually, pe people are going to be trying it. And it doesn't mean they're going to last. Uh, it might not work out for them. But if if more people are trying it, percentage wise more people are going to be sticking around and figuring it out. So, and um, I'm seeing a lot of it. And so I'll give you examples. This 2021. So I had mentioned that Amazon previously, if you wanted to do merchant fulfilled, which meant you wanted to ship stuff out from your home instead of sending it out through FBA, which meant you had to send it to the warehouse. You had to sell a certain amount of items in September that didn't happen this year. So for example, right now I'm on, you know, I'm on a listing 
Uh, and probably by the time this podcast is done, I'm going to sell through just because, you know, and there are so many just launch, just launch, just launch, just launch means somebody brand new that just opened their Amazon account that is selling an item. Right. And so there's now the barrier to entry on Amazon is not as great as it was before. Now, there's still on gating that needs to play take place. There's a lot of stuff that's gated, but even on gating become easier because of discords and, and cook groups, right? We, I don't know if we mentioned before, uh, there, there are some groups that they'll, you don't even have to buy from a wholesaler. They will send you an invoice that has been Photoshopped and you just put your info and you submit that. Okay. Oof, I'm shady. I'm not turning anybody in, but what I'm telling you is, the barrier to, I don't even remember who it was, by the way, the barrier to entry is definitely changed. It's a lot easier for people to do things. Right. And, and you know, so there's that. And, and I can tell you on Amazon, I had people DMing me all the time, like Orlando, it's crazy. The stuff that we're seeing, cause there's some people that they're like in two or three discords or cook groups. And they're like, there, there's brand new people there. They're just like, I'm just going to undercut everybody. I don't care. I'm going to undercut by $5, $10. So, the competition is steep. And I will say for myself, uh, Mike can attest to this, uh, that I have a whole bunch of inventory that I have not sold yet because I, I got a bunch of brand new people that are making like five to $10 instead of waiting for that hundred dollar net profit. And maybe, I, maybe I should just go for the five to 10, but I, I think I'll be fine. But it, it is, it, I think the barrier is, is a lot less. And so for example, you know, a lot of people know about BrickSeek. Okay, Brexit is something you find you use to find clearance at Walmart and other stores. A lot of people know about other alert programs. And so, you know, back in the day, I, I wouldn't share the Brexit on the podcast, but now it's like it's open knowledge. Like the, I, if you're looking for it, if you Google, you know, how do I find items to sell on Amazon? I'm sure you're going to come across it somehow. Right. Whether it be through Google, whether it be through a cook group or a discord. So. I, I just right now, you know, we've talked about it before where Facebook groups have always been a thing like with eBay and so on. But I think it's on a far larger level because, you know, like the Discord app is pretty easy to use. Right. And it's pretty, and we're actually doing a Discord ourselves. Right. And so there's a lot more access to information before it used to be you'd have to watch a YouTube. You'd have to listen to a podcast, right? You'd have to do your own research. Now you literally could like pay somebody for $5 or $10 a day and they'll just give you leads. And all you have to do is like follow their leads and you, and they they make money, right? Because they, they have links for those leads or whatever it is. And you make money and you're like, well, I'll spend five to $10. I'm going to make several hundred. Why aren't we doing a, okay. And shook. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I've tried to convince you to do some more paid stuff, but uh, you know, again, the the ethic of Pure Podcast is we're not charging for our information. If people believe it's valuable, they'll support us, and we find that to be more more real. I think we'd be compromised. I think if we tried to, oh, if we tried to sell information, um, our our whole branding would change. And so, yeah, I think it's valuable. Like our Discord that we're planning on starting. Uh, is going to be free and open to anybody as long as you follow the guidelines. Um, there's not going to be anything that's like, you know, you've got to pay in order to be a part of it. And it's going to be, it's not going to be a cook group. It's going to be a place for resellers to ask questions, to hang out, to talk about reselling. And if they want to share like, hey, here's some things, and it's probably not going to be retail arbitrage uh, bolos, but you know, hey, at garage sales, try and pick these up. And we're a tight-knit community at Pure Podcast. So I think mm -hmm. it'll be a, a good thing. Cool. I, I like being different. 
I mean, and that that's been the thing from from day one. I've always said I'm a reseller before I'm a podcaster or whatever it is, and and that might change. I'm not, you know, Mike and I, we would love it if we could just do the podcast seven days a week, or I mean, I don't know about seven days, but five days a week, right? It'd be a lot of fun. It'd be enjoyable, and I don't think in this niche that's possible, right? But we always appreciate all your support. It definitely helps us. All right, before we move on, we got some awesome hustle of the week and, and some more to talk about. But I uh, just wanted to share where you can find us on social media. So if you haven't been following us and you're listening to the podcast or watching us on YouTube, if you're listening to the podcast and you haven't watched us on YouTube, make sure to go over to YouTube, hit that subscribe button. If you're listening or watching right now, make sure to smash that like button uh, and hit that bell notification over on YouTube. You can follow us on Instagram. We are Pearsal Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And not on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Uh, we are Pearsal Cast on Twitter. Uh, we're no longer doing anything on Clubhouse. Clubhouse even exists. Does anybody even talk about it anymore? Uh, you're talking about it now, and I don't know why. <laughs> just because I'm, I'm just interested. Like, was that just a pandemic thing? All right. Um, on top of that, uh, you can always give us a call, 619 713 1170. 619 713 1170. You could also uh, shoot us an email at at gmail.com. That's at gmail.com. And uh, just grateful for all the support, especially on iTunes. If you, you know, unable to support us via PayPal in the link below, you can always support us by going to iTunes and writing a positive review. Always helps us out. And uh, yeah, I think because of holiday season, we just haven't had a lot of reviews. Right. Oh man, people so, have been busy. So, what's our number? What number of reviews? Uh, are we right at? now, we are at. Hold on, I almost. Ha- we're right here. Uh, we have uh, five hundred and thirty reviews. Right okay, now. so the goal is to get to. Let's get to six hundred, guys. If you have not left a review yet, let's get over there. Let's leave us a review. Um, and even just the stars is great, but we love it when people actually write some comments and they say something. Uh, we read all the comments. It keeps us going, especially now. Like when we we made like, you know five dollars on the podcast over the last month um you know it's it's hard so to true. to give up a bunch of time to uh to do the podcast but when we see a nice review where somebody says hey the, the information you're giving us has helped change our lives or uh it makes us laugh or whatever it is that stuff keeps us going so uh don't don't let us don't let us become weary give us that give us that soul food of encouragement We're so needy that's but, right but Just we love encouragement. <laughs> all right so uh are we ready we are ready Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. Got some right. good ones as always. So uh, our first one is Greg. Uh, IG handle at rgreg underscore rocky underscore mountain underscore resale. Uh, picked up three toes of nurse, Nerf stuff for free on Facebook Marketplace a few weeks ago. Already sold $300 worth of it and still has $250 listed. That's amazing. I often overlook Nerf stuff. I mean, sometimes I look to see if there's anything like for my son. He he can only do like the smaller guns because he can't. He's like, cock it, cock it. And he always needs my help cocking the guns. Uh, but I can't wait. I love it when they're at the stage where they don't need that help anymore. Yeah, there's a couple right, of them he can do on his there's own. There's a lot of maintenance. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, you know, I see Nerf stuff. And the hard part is it's not a, a, niche, I'm, a niche I'm in. So... A lot of times it's like half of this stuff just looks like junk and a toe. A bunch of it looks broken. I don't know what's what. Uh, but the fact that you can pick some of these up and sell them for that much, it definitely says that I should be on the lookout for this. And let me give you guys a, a heads up. Um, so I tried selling a compound bow on Craigsli- Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace and it kept getting taken down and on offer really? up and kept getting taken down. And I'm like, there's tons of people who have compound bows up here. I don't understand. Same thing with Airsoft. I I sold an Airsoft gun at a garage sale one time. 
but you can't sell airsoft guns on Facebook Marketplace, OfferUp, at least you can't in California. And I've noticed as I'm like researching stuff, paintball, same thing. I'm finding a lot of these things, paintball guns, crossbows, um, airsoft guns, all those things. They list them as Nerf, but the picture is of a paintball gun. So it's like Nerf gun. And then so be be aware that people do that. And if you're having a hard time listing stuff because it's getting pulled down and you're like, but I want to sell this paintball gun. People, one way people are doing it is by listing it as Nerf, but then, you know, Nerf, Tipman A5 with a flatline barrel system, you know, uh, so it, it gets you underneath the algorithm, I guess. But good job selling that Nerf stuff, Rocky Mountain Resale. It's awesome. Yeah, and, and I appreciate Greg because he's he's Greg underscore Rocky underscore Mountain underscore Resale uh, because he's always had like on our lives and our shows, so always a great support. I think that's his second hustle of the week, too, so... Thanks so much, Greg. All right. This comes from, uh, this is a repeat of the week. This comes from uh, Brandon IG Handle Kato's dot Collectibles. Got to tell you, I'm always impressed with his sales. Like if you haven't checked him out, check out his page because uh, he sells like toys. He was, a, he, he had a hustle of the week a few weeks ago uh, where he bought a bunch of GI Joes and made like over a thousand on like vintage GI Joes. So this time, this time, and I had to like, I had to pick which one because he had so many good ones. Like he had a Metroid game he sold for a lot of money, some He-Man toys, like all this stuff. The one I picked was he picked up a 1998 Mattel Food Fighters Chip the Ripper variant figure. Do you know what that is? Nope. I don't even know. So look that up again. Food Fighters Chip the Ripper variant. It's like basically a, a, a toy, like a food toy. Hmm. I, I, I don't know, but he picked it up and it, the, I love these kind of sales. So He's, there was a bin at a garage sale with a bunch of loose ass action figures. Paid $20 for the bin, so it averaged out to about $0.50. Cents. Uh, I listed on eBay, and it sold for $175. Nice. I like it. I got it. And again, I, the more and more I do toys, the more I'm like, I got to learn more. So yep. nice work there, Brandon, and Kato's Collectibles. All right. Our next one uh, is from HUD. His name is HUD. Uh, IG handle at Lumberjack Thrifts. Nice. I love the name. Underscore Thrifts. Lumberjack underscore Thrifts. Uh, So he ended up finding a Garmin Astro 320 and T5 dog collar GPS tracking system. And the person he bought it from wanted originally him to like wanted to sell it to somebody who was going to use it. He wasn't wanting to sell it to a reseller. Uh, But HUD was honest, said, hey, I'm a reseller. Uh, And the person was okay. Fine. Um, And uh, Let's see, paid $100 for it, listed it on eBay, and sold them for $549.99 with free shipping. So from $100 to $549, the person was okay getting rid of it because they got it for free, the person who sold it to uh, to HUD. Uh, but you know, sometimes you run into that as a reseller where somebody's like, I want this to go to a good home. And it's awkward to say like, I'm a reseller, I'm not its final home. But what I can do is I can, <laughs> oh I can help you find the good home for it. You know, that's kind of what you're doing is I'm, I'm the in-between. I am the, the curator. I am the, I'm the person who is going to ensure that this item finds the perfect home. There you go. That's what we're about. So, yeah. And it's a, it's basically just a GPS dog collar, right? There's all these words in between, but uh, yeah. So I look at these hustle of the week, we go from, you know, nerf to collectible food toy to a dog collar. And again, it reminds me of the fact that there is so much out there. 
I mean, none of these were clothing items. Uh, none of these uh, were video game items. None of these were, I mean, shoes or vintage t-shirts. I mean, there, there's just so much out there. And so even though we're talking about 2022 being the test of real resellers, there's still plenty of opportunity out there. All right. I'll go with my hustle of the week. What do you think I'm going to talk about? Uh, probably Hot Wheel. Okay. I feel terrible. But, Orlando's become the Hot Wheel guy. But this is this is all, literally I sell Hot Wheels every day, and it's funny because of uh, a great listener to, of ours for a long time from like the early days, uh, they actually went full time and they they just sell Hot Wheels full time. Hmm. So I'm like, huh, maybe I could do that too. I don't. I have so much to learn. But but here here's the thing. It's it's one of those when in October when I bought out this collection, right? I, I took a major risk. I did not know what I was getting into. I just thought the Disney stuff would pay for itself. And it's actually, I made more money on the Hot Wheels than the Disney stuff I bought. Now, I wanted to share this hustle of the week because always be willing to take a deal when you have a person that is going to buy a lot from you, right? Because sometimes, you know, we have that dollar in mind. Like we want to sell something for... 200. And so we're not going to take any offers that are less than, let's say, 170 or 180. Right. But if you have somebody that is, you know, they, they keep sending offers, they keep sending offers, they keep sending offers, accept it because you don't know when all those items are going to sell. It might take another year or two. Right. And so this individual, you know, started off, bought a cheap one. It was like $10. And they bought another one for $25. And I had these two awesome Spider Man. I think they're like VW vans. So they were like Spider-Man in the sense that, you know, they're just, they're, they just said the logo of Spider-Man. It was pretty cool. They were 1970s Hot Wheels. And uh, so one I sold for 140 Another one I sold for $150. Uh, I sold a California Cruiser. It was like a chrome van for $80. Uh, I sold another, like it was a vintage Corvette. Uh, I'm trying to think of, of the racer. I'm looking it up here and I, I can't. I can't. Oh, Papa Vet. I, think, I don't know if that's actually. The, I don't know. I think I only know how it was. I don't know like the whole race car scene. So now I'm, there's going to be a lot of judgment. But anyways, I just kept accepting offers. And, you know, what's really helped me. And this is a side tip before I tell you the final number. Side tip is if you sell Hot Wheels, and I think uh, Craigslist Hunter did this too. Uh, if you saw Hot Wheels that are collectible, make sure that you have blue painter's tape because what the blue painter's tape does is when you're selling a collectible, a lot of the collectors want you to use that blue painter's tape on the blister pack. So when the car moves in transit, it doesn't like bulge out the case or crack the case and, and the blister pack is fine. And so, you know, my thing ladies, uh, lately is uh, I always message and say, hey, by the way, uh, I understand, you know, this is a high-end collectible. Would you like me to wrap it in blue painter's tape? And it's always a yes. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. And then there's a protective cover case that you have to buy like a clamshell case. And sometimes it's not clamshell. It's just two that go, but it protects the whole card and the blister pack. So anyways, I sold six vehicles on average paid $5 a piece, let's say $30 and sold all of them for $450 plus ship. So I, uh, I think of two things with your hot wheels stuff. One, what's going to happen when, when, uh, when you're out of hot wheels, man, I feel like that's been like, uh, your, your lifeblood of your company for a while. I, I, you know, it's funny. I bought more hot wheels while I was on, I was talking about some the update episode, but I bought more hot wheels from another collector. Like it's nice. just, now I look for it, but you're, you're right. Like, 
Hot Wheels was so easy because all I had is the Amazon Basics, the small light box. Click, 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 click. Just find somebody else who sold it. Sell similar. Done. Right now, like listing shoes and clothing, it's like so much more work. Yeah. It's like, I know, I know. It's the tough. other thing I think is you're not a Hot Wheel guy. I mean, obviously you're selling Hot Wheels. You're learning mm-hmm. about Hot Wheels. But just think of all these collectors who are buying these one-offs from you. Imagine, just imagine what one of them would have done to have been able to have bought the entire collection you would have had. Like that's probably like a dream collection. You, and you're just like able to piece it out, which is nice. But just imagine for somebody out there. I mean, it was somebody's dream collection. You know, they had. Collected oh, it that. was. It was. It was from the 90s and early 2000s. And I mean, I'm just I'm just shocked at how much was new and sealed. Yeah. All right. This was somebody's dream collection. And unfortunately, you know, they passed on and they just gave it to a family and the family was like, hey, can you get this off our hands? Yep. So. Makes you think about collecting stuff. I mean, there's things I collect, but, uh, you know, you collect it for yourself. You can't think of collecting it for anybody else because unless they love it too, unless you got like a kid who's into the same hobby you are, you know, good chance the stuff that you care most about in the world is going to end up in an estate sale. So it's kind of a, I don't know. I guess that's very macabre, but it is. No, but estate sales are tragic. You think about it. Like how many times have you gone and there's this like outstanding collection and all that's happening is all these random people are just coming in and just piecing it out. Yeah, I remember the first time I went to an estate sale and it was before I was even a reseller. I just saw one. I was like, you know, I'm going to stop. I used to remember going to garage sales when I was younger. And I I don't get this feeling anymore because I'm used to it. But I remember the first time walking through and I'm like walking through someone's room and I'm looking in their mm-hmm. bathroom and all their stuff. And there's You're a like in their closet, like yeah, and, going and through stuff. And I'm just thinking, man. Just somebody's whole life, and it's just like going at pennies of the dollar. So, but anyway, sorry. But there's just, a lot of eternal implications in that, though. Yeah. Like in the sense that, like, obviously, that's not what life is about. Yeah, the material. That's, that's why, as resellers, they think it's good that we're able to detach ourselves yeah. from what we sell. Yeah, I buy way less now. That's for sure. <laughs> um, unless I'm selling it. So, my hustle of the week. Um, I can't remember how much I got this for. I'm gonna have to go back and watch the YouTube video to see what I. I want to say it was like thirty dollars. Maybe it was thirty-five dollars. But I didn't even know what it was. It's a Torque digital time switch. And I bought it at a place where I got like a Bose thing. What, that I, what is it? So what I'm assuming it is, I think it's for like. <laughs> I love yeah, I, I, well, I, I, I just said I don't know what it is. But okay. what I think it is, is I think it's a setup where you can set up for your house for different lights. Uh, uh, specifically like like outside. Yes. Yeah, so you okay. can like have it where uh, you set, you know, your tree lights to come on at a certain time or like if you had Christmas lights. So. I paid $35 for it. It was new in box, but it was an open box. But I could tell, you know, you open it up and you could see like somebody bought this. They probably tried to see if it worked for their system. It didn't. They put it back in the box. It still had all of like the the plastic wrapping on it and all that stuff. And I sold it for 160 bucks. And I think I originally put it up for 200, took an offer for 160. Uh, but the nice thing with something like this is one is good profit, not as much profit as, you know, one of those small little uh, Hot Wheels, but Sometimes you take a risk on something bigger that you don't even know about. But if that's why you look at comps, if you see comps and they're selling, then you know you're good, right? You can sell it. You're going to do fine. Even if you're like, I'm not 100% sure what this item is, but if it's new or there's some things that I sell that are like electronics where I'll look up if I don't want to deal with the time of testing, fixing stuff, which sometimes I don't. um, I look up what they go for for parts or go for, you know, if they're broken and I'll list on there turns on untested for parts only seems like everything works, but I've not tested it. And 
I'll sell it for about the, you know, the, the parts price. And if I can pay $5 for an old electronic that sells for $60 for use for parts, somebody might be getting one that works perfectly yeah, or if yeah. they're getting it. And so they might be getting just for parts and that's what they're, they, they're no buying. So um, it, it just goes to show you don't have to be an expert in everything that you sell. Um, if you've got good comps and you know, you see what you have and it matches up with those comps, pick it up. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's one of those things, again, we've talked about time, right? If, if you're okay, just, I think for myself, I've come to a place where if it's an electronic item and I can at least, you know, three X my money just selling for parts, I might not even go through the hassle of seeing if it works unless it's something that I can make a ton of money on, you know? So, all right. Those are our hustles of the week. Yeah. Now, one more item uh, that we do enjoy using uh, real quick is our school shavers. Yeah. A lady at my work, actually, right around Christmas time, she says, hey, do you know anything about these? And she shows me a picture of a skull shaver. Really? Yeah, on her phone. And I was like, yeah, it's actually what I use every day. And she's like, really? Because I want to get one for my husband or my boyfriend. Um, are they good? And I'm like, oh, yeah, they're great. And I'm like, actually, I've got a promo code for you. The promo Wait, code did is- she say I want to get one for my husband or my boyfriend? No, no, no. I, I think it's I think it's boyfriend. <laughs> okay. But yeah, as long as it wasn't both. Yeah. So I'm, I'm no, 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 no. Yeah, no, uh, it was, I'm pretty sure it's her boyfriend um, or fiance. Maybe it's fiance. One of those things. Um, you know, people don't always tell you what their marital status is. Like the world's more complicated now than it used to be. All right. But uh, so she was getting one for her man. And um, I told her, yeah, I've got actually a promo code for it. PHP. You'll get, save a little bit. I said, if you can find a better promo code, great. Use it. But, uh, it's a good, it'll give you a good discount. Um, you know, at my podcast, we, we sponsor them and I said, I love it. I use it every day. And it's funny cause I obviously haven't seen her since, you know, Christmas time, because as a school teacher, we go on break. I saw her today and she goes, Oh my gosh, he loves it. He was using it on his head. And then he asked, where's all the hair that I have to clean up? She's like, no, it like sucks it up inside. And he's like, what? And so it, it it really is a cool thing. And it's cool to see that somebody that I, I suggested it to bought it and they're really happy with it. So uh, if you want to have your dome looking fresh, uh, if you want to have a battery life that lasts forever, if you want easy to clean up, you know, situation, especially if you get the the, the Platinum Pro. I don't know if there's a, the other ones have it too, but there's a, a thing that you literally stand it in and you can fill up the bottom of the, the stand, like the drip stand with some water and you just turn it on for like 10 seconds and it just sits in the water and runs and it cleans it. So it's such a cool product. Check it out. If you don't have a skull shaver yet and you need one and you know if you need one, uh, they're, they're use promo code PHP. Our old, old promo code doesn't work anymore. So PHP is the promo code. It lets them know we sent you. You'll save a little bit and uh, we get a little bit of kickback. So we appreciate it. There you go. All right. So here's the next reason I think 2022 is going to be an interesting year. Just changing habits. Can one of them. And I would say... I saw this a lot in 2021 is there's a lot more demand to be able to return items. Right. And we've talked about this a lot. We've, I've said it so many times, like in order for your business to grow, you have to be willing to allow returns. But I would, I would take it one step further in the sense that if this economy goes where I think it might go in the next year, right. People are tightening up their money. There's not a lot of money out there. You know, you're going to get a lot of people that buy stuff and are like, uh, I, I don't know if I want this anymore. Right. Or you might, I, I get a lot of this lately, you know, people that rent stuff for me, like they'll buy something in day 28, they'll return it to me. Uh, but you know, there, there's two ways to get around this. One is if you're doing like Amazon retail arbitrage, buying and selling stuff that you can't 
get unless you go to a certain store. So if it's something that you can easily get at a Target or Walmart or certain off-price store, I'd be careful trying to sell that because like we've said before, during Q4, it's, it's very simple for somebody to buy a hot item that's like, let's say at Walmart. And then after Christmas, that item restocks, they go and buy it at Walmart and then they return the one that you sold them for five times of what you paid for at Walmart. Right. And so I expect there to be a lot more of that. I, I think, I think as far as like when it goes to uh, returns with new items, I think, you know, I strongly encourage people on eBay to become top rated sellers and do free returns because I do think there's going to be a lot of money lost because at least being a top rated seller of free returns allows you to give that 50% instead of giving the full refund. What are your thoughts on, on this demand and returns? Yeah, it, the kind of bittersweet nature of people moving to shopping online is we have more customers. That's the uh, sweet part. The bitter part is um, people expect to be able to return stuff. It's the same thing as it is with things like Walmart, right? People have always known that if you go buy something at a big big box store, you know, you can try it for a little while. You don't like it. You take it back and there's almost no questions asked, especially at a place like Costco or something like that. I mean, their return policy is nuts. Uh, I remember I bought it. Awesome. Well, it's awesome, but it's nuts. I mean, I bought a surfboard. I remember one time and I was like watching videos. I don't surf. I tried twice and I, 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 Sprained my ankle one time, got stung by a stingray the second time. So I'm like, wow. this is not my thing. Um, and so I sold my surfboard on Craigslist. But Costco for a while had this like famous Costco foam surfboard that was like a hundred bucks or $150. And I watched YouTube videos of people like reviewing it. And like one YouTube specifically talked about the return policy of Costco of, hey, I ride this surfboard for like months. We ride it into the ground. We basically ride it until it breaks. And then we take back the broken surfboard and we get another oh one. And it was said, we, we've basically been doing this for years. We always have basically a new surfboard every few months because it breaks. We take it, we get our return and we get the next one. So a lot of people are used to that already with big box stores. And Amazon has made it so easy, especially with like the Christmas time, how long of an extension they give you for returning stuff that that has just become kind of the expectation it's but, so easy. I return stuff on Amazon all the time. Yeah. You don't even have to print out labels. Yeah. Or, or sometimes even pack it, right? Like you just take it to yeah. the UPS store and they scan your little QR code and they take care of the packing for you, depending on the item. So that has become the expectation. So we have to deal with that. We have to live with that reality on eBay. Um, now, I combat that with not doing free returns. So in order to have buyer protections, you have to do 30-day returns. Mm -hmm. They don't have to be free returns. And so by doing that, I do eliminate a lot of them because unless somebody gives me a false INAD, which that is one risk you potentially run with doing not doing free returns is people might think, well, I'm going to return this and I don't want to pay for it. So I'm going to do an INAD, which you can fight with custom, customer service if you're top rated and you'll be OK, potentially. But um, by having them pay shipping back, it, it kind of probably I get fewer sales because people are going to look for the ones that do free returns too. But I also have, I think, fewer returns. So I think it evens out for me. Um, I have a lot of people who want to return something and they realize, hey, I bought this item for 20 bucks. It's going to cost me $8 to ship it back. I'm yeah, just going I to keep that it. Point. You know? So you can be okay with that. Um, or you can offer free returns and, and you will probably get a higher percentage of sales, maybe a little bit more returns. Um, but again, you got to think of the pros and the cons. You could say, I wish returns wasn't so common. Well, if returns weren't common on, on online shopping, online shopping wouldn't be as, as, as prevalent as it is today. People would be going to big box stores where they know they could do returns. So we've got to take the bad with the good on it and it stinks. And I wish that wasn't the case, but as a buyer, 
I love it. So it is what it is. Yeah, I just get the sense that since now it is given more than it's ever been before. And now with tight money supply and people, you know, be more careful about what they buy. I do think this is going to be the year that you may get left behind a lot of sales if you don't offer any kind of returns. Right. I think, I think, you know, Mike and I can go back and forth. I see Mike's points on not offering free returns. I see obviously my point. That's why I argue it as to why you should get free returns. But ultimately returns are going to have to be a thing if you want to do well this 2022. All right, next, I, I do think there's going to be a lot more of people buying stuff that have a utility instead of a novelty, right? And what I mean is, yes, there will always be uh, those individuals that want collectibles and, and you know, they're looking for certain toys or they're looking for a certain vintage t-shirt that's like $1,000. But I, I do think as the money supply tightens, as, you know, the country maybe or maybe not goes into some kind of economic decline uh, that people are going to be looking for stuff to go to work with. People are going to be looking for stuff that they can use at home. P stuff that's an everyday thing, not just the one thing they, they can stare at every once in a while. Yeah. And um, of course, we're not a doomsday podcast, but <laughs> the thing is reselling is always a thing because it just goes down to the idea of bartering and some kind of a selling. And worst case scenario, we end up in a situation where bread and rice and beans are more valuable than, you know, I don't know, pretty much anything else. Car jackets. Yeah. Or, or more valuable than, you know, the most expensive Pokemon cards yeah. or, you know, race cars or all of those things because people need to eat. And I'm not saying that we're, no, we're heading that. Doomsday, yeah. Right? I'm not saying that we're heading that direction, but the reality is there are places all around the world where that becomes reality. And you can still make it as a reseller if you figure out what are the needs people have and how can I meet those needs? How can I barter? How can I figure out how to get what I need? And so we're blessed enough if you live in the West to be in a culture where you've got, you know, a some kind of a, a an economic system where we're trading money and our time gives us money and money can give us pretty much anything you can ask for. That's why people are selling digital art, right? Because there's, mm -hmm. there's so much um, discretionary money. But if we ever came to a place where there wasn't and people started switching, and even if we're in the middle of that, right, we don't go that far, but in the middle of that, people are still going to need things. Like you said, you might have to shift what you're selling from novelty stuff to things with use, but there's still a place for resellers to make money doing that. You're just going to have to shift and adapt. Yeah. It's, and we'll see. We'll see. Again, we could have the greatest economic boom in the history of the United States this year. I'm not sure that's going to happen, but. It's you never know, right? All right. Now, this one I for sure see happening regardless of where the economy goes. And it's I think there's going to be a less supply as far as it's going to be harder to find things to resell for good money. And what I mean by that is let, let me give you an example. When's the last time you found something super profitable at the thrift, Mike? I barely even go to thrift stores anymore. Yeah, we don't go. Like I I go maybe once a week. Maybe we still got that one store we go to. But I got to tell you out here, unless you go to the bins and even the bins, I mean, it's it's the competition at the bins here is fierce. Like I, I do not care for the bins. But, you know, all these online stores, whether it be the store I shall not be named, also called Goodwill, whether it be Salvation Army, Everyone understands that online is better, right? I think about video games. The other day, I was I was wondering, I'm like, oh, I wonder how things are at the store that shall not be named uh, online site. And sure enough, every single kind of Nintendo item, 
Genesis, you know, whatever you, any kind of vintage stuff you're looking for, it was there. And Mike and I never see that stuff around here. Right. And so it's really hard. Okay. I also think there's going to be less supply as far as, you know, if you're not putting in those, uh, you know, save searches on like Facebook marketplace, offer up next door, uh, all those different apps, I think it's going to be tough. And even if you do, I think there's going to be less supply because everybody knows how to, not everybody, but a lot of people know how to do that already. Right. I can say here in San Diego, I don't, and maybe Mike disagrees, but I don't try to do a lot of uh, searching on those apps. I'm actually more old school. Like I'll go to Craigslist because I find that it's easier to buy stuff from there. Uh, Just because, you know, people are more technologically savvy, which means that, you know, we've already talked about in previous podcasts about robots and bots and how, you know, that's made it really hard to get any of the like the the shoe drops or the PS5s, all that stuff that people, the hot items that people like to sell. But I'm finding that even in the local marketplaces uh, that, you know, since there's so many resellers and so there's 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 actually programs out there that people are using to find stuff even more. Right. So I do think it's going to be harder to source. I am not, you know, I'm not saying that it's going to be something that, you know, you can go weeks without finding. I think if you put in the hustle, you'll find stuff, but I think this is what's going to separate those that continue reselling those that are like, you know what? Last two years was pretty easy to source stuff. Now I I don't even know if I got that time anymore. So I don't know. And I, yeah, Mike, I went to the thrift store once in the last two months. When's the last time you've gone? I don't even remember. It's not for source. It's just been local deals or garage sales. Yep. Right. And 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 it's interesting because I always thought the thrift was like a for sure, like you can gain stuff. Hey, by the way, we haven't asked you guys all podcasts. Let us know your thoughts. What are your thoughts going to be about reselling in 2022? Do you think it's going to be more difficult? Why do you think it's going to be more difficult? Or do you think we're wrong? Do you think that it's going to be even easier? A lot of people are going to drop off. There's going to be a lot more supply, and we're totally off on all of this interested in knowing your thoughts yeah but uh, hey either way hope you're able to find those items hope you're making those sales and having a great start to 2022 with that being said make sure to keep it real relevant and reselling plates peace